welcome back to Geography Lessons with Miss Sanger. So today we're going to be looking at natural hazards um, and we're going to be doing an introduction to that topic so keep listening to learn more. So firstly let's look at defining natural hazards. What exactly is a natural hazard? So natural hazards um, are essentially natural events and if it wasn't for people that's what they would be known as events there would be no hazards it's because of this world that we live in with a rapidly growing population and technological advancements it's difficult to ignore that humans are increasingly vulnerable to these natural hazards they have the potential to destroy property and to cause loss of life as well the more humans that come into contact with natural events the more the potential risk of natural hazard increases. So how are the different types of natural hazards classified? Um, so it depends on what causes the hazard to occur. Um, so the processes that um, cause natural hazards include tectonic hazards like earthquakes or tsunamis that involve tectonic movement in the Earth's crust. Um, we have atmospheric hazards like tropical storms, we have geomorphological hazards like flooding which occur on the Earth's surface and we also have biological hazards. Um, these are things like forest fires um, and they include living organisms. These different categories however are quite closely linked. So um, for example if you had a tsunami that is a tectonic hazard but it could have been caused by a landslide which is a geomorphological hazard um that displaces a large body of water um so some natural hazards are caused by human influence rather than natural processes especially things like forest fires so what factors actually affect hazard risk so the magnitude and frequency of natural hazards increases because of human influences um, so if we look at the enhanced greenhouse effect, this increases the risk of more extreme weather like drought um, and also deforestation which increases the risk of hazards like flooding. Um, the main factors that affect hazard risk include wealth um, as the risk tends to decrease with increased wealth because people can afford to be prepared for and respond to these natural hazards and also population growth. So it's expected by 2024 that 8 billion people are expected to populate the planet and this um, will obviously increase hazard risk because more people will be exposed to these natural events. In terms of where these natural hazards occur, I want you to pause this podcast and have a think for a few minutes about where you think most of these tectonic, atmospheric, geomorphological and biological hazards might occur um, and once you've done that um, go onto a map on Google and it should show you the different plate boundaries, I'm kind of giving you a clue there, um, and different things like that that affect these hazards and where they are located. So now let's look more specifically at tectonic hazards. Um, and we'll be looking at earthquakes and volcanoes specifically in this section. So let's start off looking at the Earth's structure. If you 
wanted to pause here if you already know and draw this out then that would be a really useful thing to do otherwise um, I will carry on and tell you so the earth's internal structure is divided into layers so at the center we have the core and this is mainly made of iron and nickel it's extremely hot and it's under a lot of pressure this can be split into the inner core which is solid and the outer core which is liquid and then surrounding the core we have the mantle and this is underneath the earth's crust and it's made of solid material that can flow very very slowly. The upper portion of the mantle is a weak layer called the asthenophere um, which can deform like plastic and then we have the outermost layer of the earth and this is known as the solid crust and there are two types of crust we have oceanic and continental so oceanic crust is thinner and it's more dense it sinks when it meets continental plates and it's usually less than 200 million years old and then continental crust is a lot thicker and it's composed mainly of granite rock um, and it's up to 3.8 billion years old so the crust and the upper mantle they form a rigid shell at the surface of the earth and this is called the lithosphere this lithosphere is broken into several major fragments and these are what are known as tectonic plates and they move very slowly over the upper mantle so where these two plates meet that is what's known as a plate margin there are three different types of plate margins and these describe the way that the plates move so we have constructive destructive and conservative plate margins now it's the interaction between these different tectonic plates and the mantle beneath that leads to the triggering of things like earthquakes and volcanic activity so how exactly do these tectonic plates move what exactly makes tectonic plates move is something that's still being explored by scientists but there are two different theories so one theory is called convection and essentially the core temperature um, is around 6000 degrees celsius and this causes magma which is molten rock to rise in the mantle as it rises further from the core it cools and it sinks back towards the core and um, the convection currents flowing in the mantle carry the plates with them there's only limited evidence supporting this claim of convection currents though at the moment and then a more recent explanation is called ridge push and slab pull so at constructive margins ocean ridges form high above the ocean floor Beneath the ocean ridges the mantle melts, the molten magma rises as the plates move apart, this then cools down to form new plate material, so as the lithosphere cools it becomes denser and starts to slide down away from the ridge and this essentially causes plates to move away from each other. This is called ridge push, so if you wanted to pause here and write that down. And then additionally at destructive margins the denser plate sinks back into the mantle under the influence of gravity 
this um, pulls the rest of the plate along behind it and this is what's called slab pull. And then in terms of where earthquakes and volcanoes are located, they're obviously not just randomly distributed over the earth's surface. Um, they tend to match where plate margins are located, um, but not every earthquake and volcano lies along a plate margin. Some do occur in the middle of plates. These are what are known as hotspots, and this is where the earth's crust is thought to be particularly thin. So now let's look more in depth at the different plate margins. Let's start with the constructive plate margin. So how do the plates actually move at constructive margins? So constructive plate margins occur when tectonic plates move apart from each other. Most tectonic plates move a few centimetres a year. This might not sound like a lot, but over time this has meant that whole continents have moved position. Why exactly are earthquakes and volcanoes found at constructive plate margins? So, essentially, there are three stages to this. Firstly, at constructive margins, the upper part of the mantle melts and the hot molten magma rises. Then, as the tectonic plates move away from each other, this releases pressure and therefore the molten magma rises between it cools to form solid rock and as this rock cools it becomes denser and it sinks. This causes tectonic plates to move further. Then much of the magma never actually reaches the surface but it's buoyant enough to push up at the crust at the constructive margins to form ridges and rift features. In a few places the magma erupts onto the surface and this produces a basic lava that's quite runny and spreads out before solidifying. Over many eruptions, a volcano that is typically low has a wide base and gentle slopes is formed. And this is what's called a shield volcano. So an example is the Mid-Atlantic Ridge and this is located along a constructive plate margin. The magma has risen and caused uplifting of the Earth's crust, forming a ridge as a range of underwater mountains. Rift valleys are steep-sided valleys that form at constructive plate margins. The strain of the tectonic plates moving away from each other is splitting Iceland in two. It's causing cracks and rocks to form on either side. The sides of the rift move and they stretch apart, so sections actually drop down to form these rift valleys. So that was just a quick introduction to natural hazards and the first type of plate margin. In the next podcast, we'll pick up on this and look at the other two types of plate margins and we'll look at risk management. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and it was helpful and thank you for listening.